This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The the offense, Griffin. And I guess we should probably start, you know, Geno Smith goes 32 44 for 325 yards, seven and seven of 14 on third down. But it felt to me like most of those third down conversions came in the first half. They kind of used up a lot of their bullets. Um, even though obviously seven of 14, that's still a lot. Uh, 112 yards and 23 rushing attempts, which is 4.8 yards per carry. That, that's early down, by the way. Early downs. Thank you. So, um, I, play I action. To... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I well, before before we get to the play action stuff. Well, I guess that the play action numbers of eight of nine for ninety eight yards under center pocket play action really working, as you've as you've put in the notes. Why did they not? You know, when they're trying to score some more points in the second half, why did they not lean on that more? Because the big fact, the big topic here with the offense is they only scored three points. And sort of answering why, I I, I would like to try and attempt to do. Yeah. Um, well, so they actually did up the play action rate in the second half. It's It was because they were, one Atlanta was playing like legit, legit like cover two. Um, seven man spacing run, run fits some quarters and they were, they were just trying to one, either just gash them for it or try to run them out of it. Um, and so that they could try to get single high and then kind of get a little bit more explosive and stuff. Um, so, but the, the, the first half under center early down runs were pretty effective. Like they were getting five, six, seven, eight yarders. Uh, they were getting down the field. Um, in doing so. And th- this came after having extraordinarily high under center pass rates in the first two games. This game, they they started off with like of their first seven under center snaps, seven of them were runs. Um, and it wasn't hurting them. It, like it was working. There were a couple of them didn't work uh, where it was like a two yarder or something. Or I think Kenneth Walker, his first one got tackled in the backfield. It was indeed in the second half where they started dialing up those play actions. They only had, I think, five of them, five under center passes this game. Um, and, and maybe they should have leaned into it more earlier on. But I don't know if they were if I don't know if it was exactly like they were missing out on anything because, again, the runs were keeping them on schedule. Um, so but as for as for the stalling in the, in the second half yet again, I didn't isolate much of it to Gino himself. Well, like, just just on this point, Griff, and yeah. we we did mention how their points per drive uh, for this game would have ranked better than the whole season Kansas City uh, Chiefs, who led the league last year in points per drive. But um, in the comments, consumer one one four rightly points out that they only had three possessions, which really yeah. the defense being unable to stop the run and just the kind of weird nature of the game. 
that did harm them. It wasn't the same kind of stalling process that we've seen. To call it stalling's harsh. I, I don't. I think I tried to avoid that, but maybe not. Um, yeah, I, I just saw, you know, some tough, you know, tough third downs, like the occasional penalty. Yeah, I mean, so because there are so few drives, like our commenter mentioned, um, consumer one one four. Thank you, sir, or um, thank you, um, uh, or ma'am, or uh, whatever it is that you are, is what I'm saying here. Um, the consumer. The consumer, right? So, um, the so because there's so few drives, I feel like I don't really think this second half phenomenon is rooted in anything inherent to like something they have that's wrong i feel like the that broncos game we felt like the play calling was just a little weird uh the 49ers game was nothing was working you know as we talked about in this game it was another case of i don't know if the play calling was was i think the play calling was fine i thought gino was fine you had you had was probably dragging down like say the epa for example is the is the interception right? Like a last ditch effort, you've got a penalty and those plays with on such a small sample, second half sample, um, the, I mean, you just, you have, you have a bevy of, of what feel like semi random negative plays in the, in the second halves of their three games that don't necessarily feel like they're going to keep happening. At least I'm not saying like what I'm saying is the distribution of negative plays that they're seeing just so happen to be occurring in the second half of games. And I don't think there's anything inherent to what they're doing in second halves that is leading to that. I feel like it's just randomness. So the rate of negative plays might continue to occur, dragging down their second half efficiency, but they might just be more they might just more be more evenly distributed through all four quarters moving forward. It just feels like randomness to me. And as the drives increase and the time of possession increases in the second half, as the play rate increases we'll see the efficiency rise because the negative plays will be drowned out by more normal looking plays. And I think that's all it is really three games is a small sample size. We're still dealing with a lot of randomness here. And I think that's, you know, what we're seeing. I thought with Gino, we saw excellent accuracy again into the, like the intermediate areas of the field. We saw the upper body, uh, um, uh, the, the the upper upper body lack of uh, strength compared to like the crazy course backs. So the ball does sometimes take a while to get there when he can't really step into it. Uh, I saw that I had a few. Carol mentioned how he could have like rather than trying to fit it down the field, he could have sort of taken opportunities underneath a bit more. And the two plays that I think match that are. The target to DK Metcalf early in the game in the end zone on the go ball where I think they got press coverage and it's like the first time they got press coverage and single high and he's like, yeah, oh, we got to throw this. But really and- Lockett's outreach was open at the sticks for first down on third and medium and then they're like five and in basically. He should have probably thrown to Lockett, but also he's trusting DK to go up and get it. And and DK got vertical enough vertical separation. You know, just seems not under threat. Now, what was really cool about that is they were in under center, and that was after they had put out all these successful under center runs against two high shells. They finally go, okay, we're going to we're going to gap out against you. We're going to have one. We're going to roll that safety down into the box. Yep. You know, sees that. Oh, we're shifting the gun. And then it's essentially like the alert. It's like an inherent built-in alert. If that, if you see that 
and especially if they press, like you said, we're going for it. Gino baby that throw, it was almost like he tried to put too much of a chef's kiss on it and it just went, it just, it just didn't go far enough. He just needed to throw a, put more of his body into it. Cause you could tell he was not, he was not tapping into all of his strength, like purposefully. He was trying to put too much touch on it. Like just rip it, dude. Just, just chuck it down there. Uh, Cause he, we've seen him throw those. Are we, better. are you talking about the other shots of Metcalf? Oh, uh, I'm talking about, are you talking about the end zone one? I'm talking about the end zone one. Oh shit. My bad. I was but I'm glad you brought that one up. I, I should. Actually... You Go should... ahead. No, yeah, the the one you brought up though, there wasn't an outreach to lock it going. Okay, on I was confused. Um, like, oh, did I really miss that one? No, no. Um, um the but that one, uh, yeah, he did. He, that was a clear underthrow. Um, but also Metcalf, in my opinion, didn't win the red line. But then, if it's underthrown, then the corner can then sort of catch up and squeeze it. So, but yeah, but like you said on that one, Gino just didn't fully step in, like. He could have really gone for that, and he just didn't. Which he sort of tried to loft it with touch, make right. throw a catchable pass. So I wanted like to have that, and then the other the other the check down oh. that I think he passed up was um, the one which should have been picked really, where he's again trying to upper body that, and he can't get it in there. He has a the reason he tries to throw it is because he sees the middle linebacker. I think it's just cover two, but the middle linebacker tasked with kind of closing the high hole a bit is um like is like comes down to the sit route now he can still yeah. throw that but he tries to go for the the gold route to goodwin right down the pipe and that wasn't the throw um he was lucky that wasn't picked um and yeah. that's the one play whereas like the underthrow to dk that wasn't really interceptable like mm, if a... it was the corner picks it off like <laughs> Yeah, and it would have uh, been a one-handed cat. Like just the the way that those routes play out with the head turned, you're going mm. as fast as you can. Yeah. You're expecting you're expecting to high point it. Um, as far as other things, like the other offensive development. Oh, did you have any other specific plays you wanted to highlight? Well, I I can join them up while you continue. Okay. Well, so the other general developments that occurred this game, questions that we wanted to have answered after the 49ers game um, was that they got their, all right, before we talk about play action, quick back to their dropback game. Geno Smith is operating like crazy in pure dropback scenarios. He is, if you remove play action, you remove RPOs and screens. He's literally fifth in EPA per dropback in the entire league right now. Only three games, but it matches the tape. If there's a soft spot in the zone, He's reading defender techniques. He's getting through his progression. He's getting the ball instantaneously. He's getting everything out of the pocket that he can for the like 90% of the time. Um, he's being accurate. Um, so, you know, timing, rhythm, anticipation, all that stuff. When this, when this offense needs, you know, put bunny ears, needs a bucket, and they just need to get the ball downfield, the speed house, the Tyler Lockett have just been he, Lockett's winning the routes that will. And Gino doesn't hesitate to throw it. And like they hit it like three times this game. And then DK Metcalf also joined the fray on those. The the first third down, he runs a 14-yard speed cut to the outside. And he runs a good-looking route. He doesn't drift upfield too much. And Gino puts it where literally the only place the ball could be put to be caught and not having being ran out of bounds. Tight coverage is still a good route from DK. Like just awesome that they can just out-execute teams right now. 
on the perimeter. That's them leaning on their leaning on their talent. But back to play action, they finally got their middle of the field under center pocket play action going. Um, they hit the the two the two crossing routes to to Will Disley and Noah Fant out of it, where they're just running like they're they're on the line of scrimmage in the core, hand in the dirt. They release off the line and they just get into the zone window. And each time, like the, the window's condensing on them, the ball can only be completed if you get it out right when it's available. Gino doesn't hesitate, and they get two, you know, chunk gains for anywhere between like 12 to 14 yards on each one. Um, it's just they have that going. Furthermore, um, Tyler Lockett was working in his, in his wheelhouse a little bit this game. We didn't see the huge post, but we saw the the sale route where – he under center pocket play action sale route where he gets, he bobbles it. He doesn't, he catches it, but then the pass gets broken up because the safety makes a great play. But I mean, Gino didn't waste any time. He threw that over a zone defender that was in the window. Yeah. High points that like, I'll, I'll take that. That's great execution. They will hit that. That's awesome that they can get into that stuff. And then they had the other one on the high cross play where it's another flood. Tyler Lockett is running over, under the safeties, over the linebackers, and it was, you know, Geno Smith has to deliver that ball over over a bunch of, you know, zone defenders, and he has to get it before the corner of safety can drive on it, throws a rope, gets it, you know, perfect ball, Lockett catches it, and that's Lockett caught a lot of those from Russ. So it's really good that they have the intermediate and the slightly deeper intermediate chunk of their under center game. Because um, also, right, like, Dean Pease was like Carol described their defense as multiple, and it was. They were like trying to disguise so much on the back end, especially when Seattle uh, was in like kind of gun looks. To I mean, I know you're talking about under center here, but but yeah. they were like rotating to like cover two. They were they were showing cover one and spinning. They were um, you know really rotating the safeties round and being like they weren't busting assignments because that's sometimes what happens when you do that. They were playing sound. They were throwing a lot of Gino, and he was reading it out perfectly. And he's finding the open guy, which was often Lockett in those kind of intermediate areas. He's perfect for this, right? You know, finding space in these kinds of zones. And and what's and what further magnifies how impressive that is is you know kind of like what you're talking about draws on that EPA figure and pure dropbacks, right? When they're in shotgun, they had 25 early down shotgun snaps. They only they only ran in three of them, so. And those runs are like constraint runs. They're not like regular install inside zone runs. So when they present zone, when they present shotgun, the defense knows that Gino's throwing it. And he's still executing in spite of that. And executing in that sample, literally at an elite level, only through three weeks. But, you know, that's what that is so far. Um, well, his touchdown to Will Disley, right, which I've drawn up here, that was a excellent drop back example coming out in shotgun but empty right empty formation and they're trying to do something really tricky it's actually a very difficult coverage for the defense to kind of run successfully but like they're playing gino checks the backside safety he's playing he's chosen cover two so he's like i'm not i can't throw it to dk and as he transitions back across the field he sees the blitzing linebacker coming and against empty if they're blitzing i haven't drawn it up very well here but that you've got to get the ball out pretty fast, right? They're bringing five. You've only got five in pass pro. If they've got the sensor slide correct, then 
they're bringing one more off the edge than you can handle. And Seattle ran a really nice... Um, I for- completely forgot what you... A uh, stick-nod concept, that's what stick you call it. Where with this, he's coming out, they're playing cover two to the trip side, which is difficult. Um, that's why I said it's difficult. Really, they could have played man over here uh, and then and then pushed the safety over to help out with that. Anyway... The linebacker oversteps, thinking Dissy's running out. Dissy breaks across his face. The safety's trying to trying to cover the, the slot receiver. And Gino, bang, perfectly accurate, right to Disley. And he's reading that so fast. Like, the confidence to just bang, bang, like, bang. Again, his process, yeah. you can see it all transitioning, um, translating, I should say. And uh, it's, it's promising, and it should... I, I The one thing is, I, I do feel like maybe all the talk about throwing downfield may have like influenced some of like the, the decisions I mentioned, but I mean, that's kind of nitpicky really. Like he, he, again, he had a pretty flawless game other than the almost pick. Uh, and then the, at the end, just, just to clarify, like we said on the Grady Jarrett sack on the third and forever, the third and long, we said that, that he didn't have time to get anything open. One, that's true. The, the film confirmed that, but two, Nothing got open anyway. It was like Waldron's probably worst play call in terms of like nothing was there. Like I think yeah. he was trying to go out and up to DK, but I mean he didn't have time to do anything, so it's not on Gino. And then the fourth and forever is just a a, a hail mary basically. Even though yeah. it's, I know it's not a hail mary, but you're praying. All is lost at that point. You 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 win. You put together game winning drives by not being mm. in fourth and eighteen. So Griff, the run game. Um, what did you see out of that? Because they were very efficient. They didn't run as much, perhaps, as they could have done. But then they only had three drives in the, uh, in yeah. the second half, and Gino was cooking. So, well, so oh, re- recapping really quick the passing game aspect of this. The mm-hmm. pass protection looked really looked a lot better than it did against the 49ers. I think um, is that a talent thing? Uh, yes, yes, and no. I mean, I think yes. But so Blythe, I thought, had a really good game until the fourth quarter um, in pass protection. Gabe Jackson had some rocky moments, but was when he wasn't rocky, he looked really good. I thought Damian Lewis had an outstanding game. He got beat. He had like two sort of losses, um, like in quick game, where it doesn't really count in the final drive. Um, but beyond that, I mean, his, his good plays were coming against Grady Jarrett. Like Blythe couldn't. Blythe couldn't draw, uh, couldn't block Grady Jarrett one on one in some of the examples. Gabe couldn't, but Damian Lewis was handling him. Like it was really encouraging stuff that we saw from him. It was kind of Damian Lewis getting back to what we saw to end last year. Um, Charles Cross was he he had an okay game, but it was one of those things where he had reps where he was losing, but when he was losing, he kind of lost in the best way to lose. If that makes sense, given the concept and everything, like angling them off well toward the end like finding an answer even when he's getting beat. Abraham Lucas, I thought, had a really good game, like really good game. Um, and that's why Gino was able to operate the way he did. But to answer your question about the run game, yeah, the the under center runs were popping. Penny, Rashad Penny looks so much – he's never looked more comfortable in the hole um, in between the tackles. Well, he did yeah, his – great point. His vision so and confident. patience and he's just – it's just those things. Like there was a time where it felt like he was always bouncing like duo – but yeah. he's really reading that out now. Is I think the game has, as they'd say, slowed down for him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the combos, even if even when they aren't getting a lot of like 
O-line coaches call it displacement, like a lot of like horizontal displacement on their outside or mid-zone calls where they really want to wash them down laterally. Um, the You can still see the chemistry that is forming between Lewis and Blythe and Jackson and, and Blythe, depending if it's zone right or zone left. Like that was good to see. And they were getting decent movement, not great, but decent interior movement. But we finally started to see um, the stuff that we saw in preseason out of the right tackle and the right guard, like like um, uh, Lucas and Gabe Jackson were really moving guys when they were comboing the the defensive end or the, or the three technique when they were running zone left. I mean, they were just washing guys down on some of those. Um, and some of them didn't go quite as far. The, the, the run didn't go quite as far as you wanted to because like the tight end wasn't, they were running weak and the tight end wasn't making a good block. Kobe Parkinson on one of them. But um, we're, we're really kind of seeing like the, the talent that is there on the offensive line um, really coming together because th- they did run on this front, um, which was good to see. Um, yeah, it felt like there was a bit more of an understanding, but not that there wasn't there. And again, the 49ers was a horrid matchup and, and the Broncos are no joke either, right? But right. it did feel like there was... They're, they're, just get, they're getting there, you know? So that's, that's promising again. And, and, and no we have reason. to remember they had they had a lot of, I mean, continuity is huge at offensive line, right? I mean, Damian Lewis was injured. Um, you know, J- Jackson was injured. You know, Haynes was playing all over the place, left and right guards, so to start the season. So, you know, it's only week three, um, now entering week four. So hopefully we can just see the same three guys out there consistently. Yeah, because Blythe's dealing with this weird shoulder thing which showed up on the injury report. So that's right. he's not on it anymore, but it's a bit of a concern. I mean, everyone gets hurt in football. But, uh, yeah. yeah. And then we should say, you know, Grady Jarrett, like, he's a menace. Like, he, his quickness, he basically won the game for them at the end. But, uh, you know, he, he they handled him, like, up and down, but, like, well enough. Like, there was a few plays he had, but, like, in pass pro as well, impressive ways of doubling him other than at the end like he won some he lost some i think that's a good good result against a player like him who i mean he seems to be having i i don't know uh i guess atlanta's become a bit of a wasteland but he is having an up here i'd probably say based on what we saw in that game at least so 